0: conductive wire,
1: And you so electric. I had no say when you came so near and just right through me Hey everyone, welcome to Geekdom is Back. I'm your host Deanna Chapman and today I am joined by a brand new guest, Peter Shrup. We're talking all about Batman under the Red Hood, which is one of DC's animated movies. But before we begin, Peter, would you like to introduce yourself?
0: Hi, I'm Peter. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm really happy to be here. I, I sing in a band called Arms Akimbo. I sing for another project called Hollow Sun. I host a podcast called Direct Support where I interview other musicians like uh, bands like Hippocampus, Tokyo Police Club, Local Natives, that kind of thing. And Honestly, I'm happy to be here talking about the real thing that matters, which is DC animated movies.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Look, just before this episode, I did an episode on Zack Snyder's Justice League. So I'm just having a DC day today. How does that feel? (laughs) You know, I'm all for it. I'll I'll give DC the benefit of the doubt as much as I can. But I have to say, (laughs) with these animated movies, I found quite a bit to enjoy out of them because some are just literally storylines for the comics shot by shot, which some people want that in their superhero movies. I don't need that. But Mm -hmm. I think DC has done some interesting things and I wish they would take some more chances with what they do with the animated movies because you have things like this and then you have something different like the new frontier and a lot of their movies do fall in line with what this one looks like. And I think it's just very interesting how much these fly under the radar.
0: It's insane. I, I, so I love these movies. This is like, I mean, I grew up on like justice league, Batman beyond you know, Batman, the animated series. Like that's what I love is DC animated stuff and I feel like they do such a good job and like I can't even to be completely honest like hold my focus on like the Marvel animated movies but like we all know who the winner is in the in the live action game <laughs> and and like to me I'm just happy that I can still find solace because of these be, because these are the characters that I grew up loving and because this is generally the like the zone I like it to be in I really really enjoy Um, the DC animated movies. I'm happy that HBO is picking them all up, which is awesome. And I wish what you were saying. I wish they, you know, in in terms of taking more risks. I wish the live action took more from these animated movies.
1: Yeah, that's fair because these are at least consistent too, (laughs) which is nice to have. But I do like talking about the cast, and you mentioned some of the previous shows like Batman: The Animated Series, and so. I have watched that. I watched Batman Beyond. I didn't watch them as a kid growing up. I was more Uh like a Scooby-Doo, SpongeBob kid. But I've gotten into all of these and watched through most of them in the last, I don't know, five or six years maybe. And not hearing Kevin Conroy as Batman (laughs) was a little different, but I think Bruce Greenwood does his own version, because you can't have everyone who voices Batman to just try to be Kevin Conroy, because that would just be weird and not really work. And you have... Jensen Ackles as Jason Todd and Red Hood. You have John DiMaggio as Joker. Neil Patrick Harris is Dick Grayson and Nightwing, which was very interesting, I must say. Not yeah. a choice I expected.
0: <laughs> well, I think exactly on that point. Like, this is a really, this is kind of a risky movie in terms of voice acting. Like, I think the most obvious one is when you talk about you know other voice actors doing Batman doing yeah. you know Bruce Green would. I mean, the Joker is just as iconic when it's Mark Hamill. We all think of Mark yep. Hamill as our Joker when we're reading Batman comics. And so for for Joe DiMaggio to go off and do a totally different thing and, and you know, obviously we all kind of hear Bender, but like, um, he, I thought he crushed Joker, but I remember the first time I watched this movie, I was like really uncomfortable with it, you know? Um, and then yeah. Wade Williams also plays Black Mask and he's like, if you watched Prison Break, he's, he's like one of the main guys in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's funny. It's like this one, it's kind of a grower. Uh, also, a fun fact on the, on the voice acting is if, if you've seen Everybody Hates Chris, the best friend from that, Vincent Martella, he does like young Jason Todd, but his little brother does like the youngest version of Jason Todd.
1: Yeah, I see that on the cast list here. That's definitely interesting. And you have some people who have done voices in a ton of things like Phil Lamar as mm-hmm. Rick. You have, I'm probably going to butcher his name, but Fred. Tadasiori, I have no idea if that's correct, but I have seen his name pop up in so many things. And you have Jason Isaacs as Ra's al Ghul. So you have a lot of familiar names in this. And to be honest, I don't think the voice cast necessarily makes or breaks these animated movies because they have done so many different versions of Batman. You know, you have... The Brave and the Bold Batman, which is totally different from Batman: The Animated Series, and I think right. it's okay for these movies to be different as well because it's no different than the live action where you've had Michael Keaton, George Clooney, Val Kilmer, <laughs> Christian Bale. You know, you've had so many different Batman over the years that I think doing the same within the animated universe is totally fine and. This is a pretty contained story when you think about it, because a lot of these movies are like Justice League War and Justice League this and that and Teen Titans. All about the fate of the universe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So with this being a sort of smaller and closer to home story for Batman with Jason becoming the Red Hood, you really get... A different kind of emotional beat in this than in some of the others. And look, I haven't seen all of the animated movies by any means. But from what I've seen, some of them are just like taking these big kind of comic book events and putting them on screen in animated form. And this felt a little more personal for Batman in particular.
0: Which is like where that character shines. Like we want to see Gotham and we want to see, you know, like this in the scope of Gotham is kind of huge because you have Batman. With Nightwing, with a Robin story, yeah. with three villains—Black Mask, Joker, and Raish—and like that for Gotham is huge, but that for the DC universe is tiny. And I think it's funny because you talk about you know, th- there's basically like when you when you look at the DC animated movies, there seems to be like a trend. It's like mm-hmm. it's like we because they have to turn out like three or four a year, and they'll go like, let's do a Batman or Superman for the bucks. Let's do a um big grandiose like justice league type thing or something for the um for the storyline to like keep up with the new 52 or whatever they're writing to like match comic book wise mm-hmm. they'll usually do like a legacy story and they'll usually do what is topical right now like what do we need you know when there's wonder woman movies in the theaters we got to make a wonder woman animated movie when there's you know deathstroke in the suicide squad things or or in arrow let's make a deathstroke movie that that kind of that's usually what they keep up with and i think um, I don't know. It's funny to like, you can just clearly see like the, the DC vision kind of churning it out, you know, rightfully so with, with what, what will do well. And, um, and I think this is one of those cases where it's like, they did a story that they wanted to do that a lot of us care about. Um, especially like I'm a huge Robin guy. Cause it's like the best way to put yourself in the shoes of somebody who could like hang out with Batman. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like growing up, that's the best character to like associate with. So yeah, that's that's part of why I love this one so much. What did you think of the movie?
1: I thought it was pretty good. You know, I haven't thought any of these have blown me out of the water necessarily. It's not like they're Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, which is fine. Oh not every right. animated superhero movie needs to be Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. And <laughs> this came out 11 years ago, almost now. It came out in July of 2010. And the fact that it's only an hour and 15 minutes too, I love that DC isn't trying to put filler in these, you know, these don't have to approach the two hour mark by any stretch of the imagination. And it just goes to show that you can tell a story in a shorter amount of time, if you really want to.
0: Totally. Yeah, I think the only one I remember them really stretching out was uh, when they did The Killing Joke, because it's such a short graphic novel, they had to extend it like 15 minutes. So they put like the Barbara Gordon story in there. And a lot of fans were up in arms about that.
1: Not one of their best moments. No, that was rough. (laughs) By any stretch of the imagination. And like you said, they just keep cranking these out. And I'm looking at the list here and there's so many that I haven't seen.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I mean, so for me, like I essentially collect them. I like own them all on DVD. And by the way, having like, and I, and I, I'll be honest, like sometimes I buy them and I, Watch because the extras are incredible. And I think that might be the one thing that the HBO Max thing is gonna be missing is Yeah. They have these little mini docs that they put on the Blu-ray versions of everything that are fucking awesome. And I honestly like those more than the movie sometimes. So I'll usually watch all the mini docs before I even get to the movie. But uh but the one on this one is great. It's like uh it's the story about Jason Todd in the eighties. Do you know do you know the story of Jason Todd? I'm vaguely familiar. Right. Well, I guess for anybody listening, so Nightwing was the first, Robin, and he's one of the few characters that they actually let grow up. Like, they never let comic book characters age, right? Batman would be like 170. But, um, <laughs> but like, they let Nightwing grow up and go to college and, like, date girls and stuff. And um so then they started introducing new characters. And they had Jason Todd, and he started out. You know they kind of mix their like they kind of mix Jason Todd and Tim Drake a lot in the animated stuff because they want to like pull the best stuff from it. So mm-hmm. like when they first wrote Jason Todd, it was just a straight up Dick Grayson knockoff. His parents were actually acrobats, which is so stupid. <laughs> but uh, but he turned into a carbon copy, and then they started making him really unlikable on purpose. Uh, the writer Denny O'Neill did. He just got bored of like having an an identical Robin, and then. Um, they basically did like before American Idol or any or Instagram polls. They did like call this nine hundred number to have the Joker kill Jason Todd. Call this one to have Batman save Jason Todd, and the fans voted to kill him. So you know that's kind of the you know, like unprecedented, I think.
1: Yeah, I feel like his story is one of the more brutal storylines that has happened in Batman comics in general, and you. Have this come up in the live action too. So it's not something that they just did and they were like, oh, maybe let's forget about that. It keeps coming up over and over again in DC properties for other mediums. And I thought the way they did this one was really well done because you mentioned having multiple villains. And really, in Batman's eyes, at the beginning of this, you have four villains because Red Hood is a villain.
0: Right. I I literally forgot that too. Yeah.
1: And you have this struggle for Batman because he has this feeling that there's something familiar before, you know, Jason even takes the Red Hood off and everything. You can just tell that because of how good of a detective Batman is, he knows that something is a little off with Red Hood in comparison to joker or black mask and i do like that joker isn't the main villain in this
0: same big time
1: because i was just talking about this with justice league i'm very tired of joker like i think he's a great villain yeah but he's just been used so many times we have so many versions of him and in my opinion i think heath ledger and mark hamill are like the top two jokers and then jack nicholson probably number three for me honestly because it's jack nicholson and he's great but
0: hey you're nailing everything by the way i'm agreeing (laughs) i agree with all the stuff you're saying so far this is exactly how i feel
1: yeah and i'm just like i don't want more joker i think dc needs to realize that batman has other villains because and by the way has
0: art in my opinion arguably like like to me, it's my favorite rogues gallery. I definitely think like it it, yeah. it it vies for best rogues gallery in comics, like against Spider-Man. I think those are the two greatest.
1: I think the Flash has a really good set of rogues too.
0: That's my number three. Yeah. Literally, to me, it goes Batman, Spider-Man, Flash. They have amazing rogues.
1: Yeah. It's definitely Batman and Flash top two for me in DC. Nice. And I think that's just because those characters have such long histories that Mm -hmm. they've had time to develop the rogues more over the years. And the same can be said for Spider-Man, since Spider-Man was one of the early characters for Marvel. And there's something about those rogues galleries that just is inherently so interesting. And I wish they would explore it more because... Obviously, there have been so many Batman movies that we've seen a lot of the villains, but it still seems like Joker is the one that keeps coming back. And I would really love to see, you know, them take a stab at Poison Ivy again, especially given how well the Harley Quinn animated show has done.
0: True. That's so true.
1: I feel like having villains like Clayface and Poison Ivy and, you know, some of those other villains that aren't Joker and Harley Quinn come into play... Would be pretty timely for them because I haven't heard anyone say anything bad about the Harley Quinn show that I can recall, and I have personally enjoyed it a lot. So,
0: oh, it's really to good. see
1: them use multiple villains and not have it feel overstuffed, especially with a 75 minute runtime. You know, that's not a lot of time to fit in three villains, but you're not trying to tell this villain's entire backstory either with these movies.
0: I think that you're totally right, and and that's why I'm really excited about you know the Robert Pattinson movie because like we're gonna get a chance to see a new Penguin and a new Riddler and some exciting you know characters that we totally have seen, but like if you compare any Bat villain to Joker, we've seen you know infinite of those takes, and uh, and then like you know just Jim Carrey as the Riddler, or and and so that's an exciting project in my opinion. I think that. You're totally right. And and you know, they always, you know, shied away from clayface and those kind of characters with Nolan, because Nolan was trying to make it as realistic as possible. But we're in a totally different world now. We can do if we're doing Dark Side in these Justice League movies, we can do Clayface in Gotham. Like we can do the stuff that stretches reality for sure. And I think the people want it, you know? Um and uh and and we could even like resurrect like hopefully if these films I'm not going to say do better because they obviously make a lot of money for Mm -hmm. DC, but they make all that international money. I mean, do better for like fan service and not constantly like sort of disappointing DC fans. Like then we can get to the point where we could try Calendar Man, like an interesting version of like, you know, deep cut, brave and the bold type villains, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And the Harley Quinn show has been putting in like random characters like Kite Man and stuff and it's done well, but... To find a way to have that translate to live action, I understand is a whole different beast. But with this story in particular, you know, you have Joker and Batman's relationship with that character. You also have his relationship with Nightwing, which the first time we see Nightwing, Batman doesn't really want his help, but we all know he's going to get it anyway because Dick Grayson doesn't just leave when Batman tells him to. (laughs) And you can tell that these characters have spent some time apart and that Batman never wants to make the same mistake he made with Jason again. And you feel that emotion with Batman, even though he's really bad at showing it.
0: Yeah, I I hear you. Do you know what cracked me up about the first time for like Nightwing's intro scene with that Amazo? Is uh the two villains they're fighting who are super interested in exposition? Uh huh. (laughs) Just like that was the Bat's first Robin and all that stuff, and it's like between that and then uh, the other moment you mentioned where Jason, where he like notices Jason Todd feels familiar, and he like it was very fun as a an audio person, podcast music person Mm -hmm. to see Batman just crush it with Isotope. And, like, fade out the train. But, um, but yeah, anyway, those are just two, like, funny moments for me, just, you know, obviously, as the movie is. But, but yeah, you're totally right on the relationship with Nightwing. I think that that's what this movie does really well. It paints a picture of how he feels about his different sidekicks at different times. And I would love, honestly, actually, I would love to see maybe not necessarily a follow-up to this movie... But potentially, like, this version of Batman, like, this world of it where Bruce Greenwood is Batman and, you know, uh, Neil Patrick Harris is is Nightwing. Like, I would like to see them extend the story and bring in, say, Tim Drake or, or, you know, Tim and Stephanie Brown. Like, I don't know. I just feel like an extension of this as a Robin world is a little bit more interesting to me than what the animated universe is doing with, like, Damian Wayne right now.
1: Yeah. Plus, you're getting two robin stories in one with this really because even though we don't go deep into things with batman and nightwing Mm -hmm. you still have that knowledge just based on what they don't say to each other
0: yeah oh yeah i mean the line the lines are really funny and it's like that classic snarky batman animated series nightwing yep um and without the you know sans mullet it's just you know delivered by NPH is like a thing to get used to as well, right? <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, I, I I'm totally with you. I think uh, I don't know. There's yeah, there's definitely a lot of subtext. Like we don't get both flashbacks, but we get you know the rebellious one flashback, and we have that to like counter against how Batman and Nightwing operate and how you're you know it's all the unspoken stuff. It's mm-hmm. all it's all the like the context, the the in between the lines of what they're talking about versus you know how direct he has to be with Jason.
1: Yeah. And like you said, there is definitely some exposition in this movie. And you get that again, when Raish is talking about how he brought Jason back to life with the Mm -hmm. Lazarus Pit. And I don't even know if he really ever calls it the Lazarus Pit. He might eventually, but when he's first talking about it, you're kind of just filling in the blanks. You're like, oh, okay, this is where the story is going now. And I like that it wasn't, oh, jason survived this crazy thing it was no race literally stole his body and brought him back to life and then he survived a crazy thing so they just kind of throw that wrench in it because you're just kind of like oh well okay he survived
0: i know thank god right because how many times have we just watched somebody get killed and they're fine you know yeah (laughs) like it's funny man because we we comic book fans are Really, uh, we're we're relentless, aren't we? Like, we don't like how that happens, but we still keep coming back to it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Also, you have the entire, like, drug lord storyline, too. And you have Red Hood taking over the underworld, basically, for all of these drug lords. And he's kind of like, okay, I'm going to give you a better deal than Black Mask so I can control this thing. So it's like, yes, he's a villain, but at the same time, he's doing it because he knows that these things are never going to completely go away. And these kinds of people are never going to completely go away, no matter how hard Batman tries. So he would rather have control over it than just let these people run wild. And he has rules and conditions.
0: Yeah, I, I love that. I mean, that's the, that's the zone that we love to see these anti heroes operate in, right? And so he... um as, as often said by Joker, you know, is more, uh, what uh, Joker's red hood was more flashy mater D than motorcycle fetish. <laughs> I also love that he says that like three times, like a dad joke, but, um, but that whole controlling, controlling the underworld scene, I mean, how identical is that to Joker's scene in the dark Knight? right? When he, uh, moves in on the, on the mob boss meeting and does the pencil trick. Yeah. But it's done in a, it's done in a different way. It's done in a new way. And I like that. That was almost a nod to the Dark Knight thing because it was the Red Hood doing it his way as opposed to the Joker, much like the Red Hood being the Red Hood, mm-hmm. like unlike the Joker's version of the Red Hood.
1: Yeah. Is there anything else you want to bring up with this story? Because a lot of it is like character work that they're doing with Batman in particular and him just kind of trying to figure it out. And then you don't need Raisha's backstory, Joker's backstory. You don't even need Black Mask's backstory. And I think that's what kind of streamlines these so that they don't need to be so long because they don't spend Mm. time explaining every character who pops up on screen. Because you have a ton of other villains who appear too when you have like the group of four. I don't remember what they were calling them, but they were like four bad guys just trying to get Red Hood as well and Batman.
0: Just to be bad guys, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think... That, you know, the only other context given is you get to see the 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 flashback fade from, like, Batman knocking the Red Hood into the vat, uh-huh. right? So we see that they use the Killing Joke version of his origin, because um, obviously the origin's been done a million times. So that, you know, that, that was a nice little thing that, to tie up. But I thought that that was fun. Like, this movie kind of felt like it used a grab bag of their favorite stuff. Like I said, you know, they, you know, Jason's origin as Robin is not acrobat parents it's the um you know stealing you know putting the the batmobile on blocks and stealing the tires from the batmobile um joker's origin is killing joke origin right we get no origin for Raish. we um uh and then or like uh the flashback they use kind of an adam westy version um when we see like the, the youngest robin right we get kind of an adam west type uh riddler and that that face off is is you know so i i think yeah. that it's kind of fun they they pull from their favorite things for this movie and i don't know whose choice that was i don't know if that's direction or storyline but i think that that's the best way to do it with these comic book stories just because there's been so many else worlds and there's been so many different reboots that i don't know i lo- cuz i i often feel like they'll usually pick one thing or we just have to get used to like one thing in especially in the dc movies like Joker's wearing makeup in the dark night is an example, right? Or like mm-hmm. Batman uses guns in these new Justice League movies. Whatever, like that is. I think it's really cool when we use multiple things um as our basis for for how to get to this to this DC story.
1: Yeah, and they aren't just using all of these household names either to tell these stories because mm-hmm. the group that I couldn't remember the name of is the Fearsome Hand of Four, which has the Fearsome Hand Leader, Bulk, mm-hmm. Baton, and Shot. And it's, it's just strange. like, who are those characters? We don't really know, probably, <laughs> unless you've read so many DC things or watched... R- the
0: most obscure mini-story, yeah.
1: Yeah, and honestly... I don't even know if these characters are from the comics, but they're hired by Black Mask and they don't need to be important necessarily. It's like they serve their purpose and then we can kind of forget about them and they're not people who need to be explained. If you want To find out more about them, you can obviously use the vast internet and Google (laughs) and find out, like I just did, because I didn't know those character names at all.
0: (laughs) Me neither, at all.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So it's something where I think with the animated movies... They have more room to just use the characters they want without feeling the need to be like, we really need to explain this person, why they exist, why they're here, how they got here. It's like, no, you don't necessarily need all of that. And obviously, when you're watching something like Young Justice, Justice League, Batman the Animated Series, you have more time to do those things. And you can do it over a three or four episode arc with that particular character as a villain or something. But with these movies only being, for the most part, like an hour and a half or less, they're in and out, and they aren't wasting time telling you things that aren't super relevant to the story, because what is relevant to Under the Red Hood is that this thing happened to Jason Todd, Batman thought he was dead, he's not, and he's become this entirely different person. That was the main point of the story, and it didn't matter who played a part in that, just that other people played a part in it.
0: I think, uh, you totally, and I think, um, part of that is just when they're making these animated movies, there's just pretty solid awareness of who your audience is. Like it's, it's kids who could give a shit about, you know, some of the exposition. They just want to see some action sometimes. Yeah. And it's also like people who are invested enough to watch a 70 minute movie. <laughs> you know, like that's not that's not like the grand scale, you know, Justice League Zack Snyder movie like it's 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 those who who care enough to watch, you know, the small in between stories. And so I think that awareness helps them just key in on what's important to this story. And I do actually want to acknowledge two other one, I want to acknowledge one character that I think is kind of underrated in this movie and then one scene that I loved. But uh the character I love uh Black Mask's deadpan assistant. Uh, oh yeah. She's great when she's like a uh, Batman likes to keep things. Like I love that line. Um I don't know why villains would know that he has his back cave is filled with all of their trinkets, but I guess in this world they know that he keeps your stuff. Yeah. And I thought she was great. And then the other thing I loved was um Joker's shining moment in this in this movie I think is the water glass scene when he escapes and kills all of uh Black Mask's henchmen.
1: Oh, interesting. And I would like to let you know that Kelly Hu, who, who plays uh-huh. Miss Lee, that assistant, is also in Batman's Soul of the Dragon, and she is voicing Lady Shiva. So oh, sick. That should be interesting, because I think that either just came out – yeah, that came out in January. So there's always so much to <laughs> – tie these things together because a lot of these people do come back and either voice the same character or voice other characters just because they're so good at Doing these voices and everything, and like I said at the top of the episode, I recognize quite a few of these names just because they've either done so much with DC or they've done like Star Wars shows and things like that. So that's always fun to make those little connections there. But Peter, I'm glad I watched this. Like I said, it's not something that completely blew me away, but I do like to do ratings for these things. So I gave this a three out of five. You know, I had a good time watching it and. Again, it's not like it took up a lot of time.
0: I hear you. It's a four out of five for me. I, I'm okay. guessing now when you when you hit it when you when you hit me with the eleven year effect, I would have to clue in the fact that there's a bit of nostalgia in this movie. Um and that's why I love it so much. But uh but yeah, I'm glad you watched it. I'm glad we talked about it. I also listened to, you know, uh I think it was last or maybe two weeks ago's episode with WandaVision. Um and so it is funny to hear like this is a small contained story with a small contained like review of it. Mm-hmm. Comparing that to something, you know, on the scope and audience level of something like a WandaVision or what Marvel's doing these days. And uh and so Yeah, I know. I, I appreciate you having me on this. I'm also really curious to see um now that all this stuff is getting fed to HBO Max, which is a service that a lot more people have than say DC Universe or whatever. Yeah. I wonder how much of a resurgence of popularity these movies are gonna have or if people are going to go back to Batman, the animated series, and Static Shock, and some of the stuff that might be more, I don't know, assumed audience-wise.
1: Well, I will tell you that I added so many DC animated things to my watch list (laughs) in HBO, like the day I logged in, because I get it through AT&T. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to set this up, we get it for free, I'm going to put all of the things in my watch list. And I literally (laughs) spent like an hour or two going through HBO and just adding things to my watch list like a maniac. But Peter, I actually also like to do recommendations at the end of episodes. I've forgotten on a few episodes here and there since it's a new thing I'm doing. But I'll go ahead and go first because I want everyone to check out Gotham by Gaslight, which is another animated movie. But I think that one takes some more risks because it's a different time period. The animation is a little different, not too terribly different to where it would be jarring or something. But I thought that one was pretty well done. And you know, maybe I'm at a three out of five on that too. I don't recall because I watched that one quite a while ago. And like you, I have a few of these on Blu-ray. I don't know how I convinced DC to send me some of them, but I did. So, <laughs>
0: nice.
1: Hopefully, they listen to this and maybe send me more things.
0: Okay, mine is not a my rec is not a, one of these movies, but it is, I think, one of the more underrated shows. Okay, that they because obviously there's been so many Batman shows, but I think the Batman from oh, so fun from from like yeah 2006 ish I would guess. It's super fun. There's five seasons, so you can dip in at any point. And, um, all the versions of the characters are really different. You got Kevin Michael Richardson, one of those voices who's in this movie and in a lot of stuff doing the Joker. You've got like, I don't know, all the, all the design is really cool. Like the fact that penguins henchmen are kind of like Japanese warrior women is awesome. Anyway, I I just like really enjoy the takes that that movie did without straying too far from the character and You know, everybody talks about the animated series. A lot of people talk about Brave and the Bold. I think the Batman needs a little bit more
1: uh, love. Shout out to Ming-Na Wen.
0: Yeah, big time.
1: She plays Detective Ellen Yian in that. And Yeah. yeah, that one was definitely very different too. And I watched that at some point after I had watched Batman the animated series. And I think I had already seen like the Justice League show and the Superman show too, by that point. And I was like, all right, time to work my way through the rest of the Batman stuff. So I like went through that and Brave and the Bold and Batman Beyond. There's so many. I don't even remember watching a lot of these, but I'm (laughs) like, I know I watched these. I just don't know when I had the time to do that.
0: I mean, just the sheer volume of it. You watch it. I've definitely been like, oh, I don't think I ever watched that one. And then I go back and I start watching i'm like half a season deep before i'm like oh i recognize all these scenes yeah i guess i have (laughs) seen um but it makes sense i mean every generation there's a new set of kids who need a show to associate with and there was that more recent beware the batman that was like that like you know 3d cg like green lantern animated series style show and yeah they, they were really trying to go deep in the rogues gallery on that one i didn't connect with that one as much but i was older you know so i'm sure the kids who grew up with that were stoked on it
1: yeah, exactly. Well, Peter, any final thoughts before we go here?
0: Nothing. Thanks for having me. It was a delight. I really like the show and and, uh, and I appreciate you letting me hop on. If anybody, just to plug once more, check out my show, Direct Support, where I talk to musicians. And uh, please, my, my band, Arms Akimbo, just released a new EP. It's self-titled. So if you just search Arms Akimbo on your, on your streaming service of choice, you'll hear us. And, and yeah, that's it.
1: Awesome. It was great chatting with you. Thanks so much. All right, everyone, that does it for this episode of Welcome to Geekdom. If you want to support the podcast, you can do so through our Patreon. If you want to follow us on socials, you can do so at Pod on Twitter and at Welcome to Geekdom on Instagram and Facebook. And as always, thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.